me the essentials. Just the essentials. I only brought the essentials. I never leave home without all the essentials. You're listening to Pop Culture Essentials, your guide to the latest movies. I love this movie. Oh, I love this movie. Games, TV, 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 TV. And you know what else else? Streaming. Christy, wake up! And pop culture news. Pop culture and current events. So sit back, relax, and let your host, Alistar, Nick, and Pete take you through this week's Pop Culture Essentials. Hello and welcome back to Pop Culture Essentials. I am Alistair and returning to the show is the one and only Nick LeBarro. <laughs> I knew it. I fucking knew you were going to say that. <laughs> it's great to be here. Uh, thank you for having me back. But look, I mean, there's someone else just as special who's returning to the show. Thank you, Nick. That's a it's lovely Alice. intro. <laughs> Love it. You're welcome. Oh, and, and Pete's here too, yeah. Hey, Pete. You guys are fucking hilarious. <laughs> welcome back, Pete. Seriously, we though. missed you. Thank you. It's, how, good, it's good to be back. How was your trip, apart from exhausting? Um, yes, exhausting, but just like... this. And this isn't me just like saying it for the sake of... like It, it was genuinely like life-changing and like career changing like it's just a whole other a whole other ball game over there it's yeah but um like it is good to be back but i i am already missing the torontoness that is the film festival <laughs> nice so if for those who didn't listen shame on you yes uh, pete was in toronto obviously uh for the film festival you can catch his stuff at theaureview.com. And I'm pretty sure all his stories have expired, so you missed out on that too. Except they're now like highlight they're now like a highlight reel, so you can uh, see them. <laughs> there you go. Rated he was, ready, he was ready to go with that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, because you're you're back with us, I'm gonna let you go first, uh, with some movie news. Thanks, Alistair. Um, so first up, I feel like a movie series that we don't talk about enough is Final Destination. And we are now officially getting a Final Destination 6. Um, it has been 11 years since we've had Final Destination 5, which many many said was like one of the, I was arguably like the best sequel. Um, it's funny, you know, for a series that collectively cost about $150 million all up. It's made like $660 million. So they're a very lucrative uh, series. Um, you know, they're, they're very much known for how much they can, how creatively they can kill someone, essentially. Um, so we've got Final Destination 6 now coming with Zach Lepofsky and Adam B. Stein, who are the directing duo. And why this is news is because they pitched themselves with a zoom meeting which sounds like the zoom meeting to end all zoom meetings essentially so these two guys were talking with the hollywood um new line execs and were basically pitching themselves and towards the end of their pitch the fireplace that was behind them ignited and one of them caught on fire. Oh my God. <laughs> and they put, they put it, put it out. And like all of the execs were like, okay, let's just calm down. Then the, um, uh, or you heard like this wrenching creak and this whizzing ceiling fan broke off, flew down and decapitated one of the directors. Oh and then the, God. and the new line execs were then like, oh, this is no longer real. This is like you guys selling it. And they basically just burst into laughter and realized it was like a combination of pre-recorded footage and visual effects that they just like seamless, seamlessly made. Um, and that got them the job. And I think- Oh my I, God. I, I want that pitch meeting to be like, I want to see that pitch meeting. That could be the plot. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, what the hell? It'd be very interesting to see- you know, obviously the Final Destination films, we've had airplanes, roller coasters, the the pile-up. Um, I still yeah. will not drive behind a truck with yeah. logs on it. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> um, and what else? we have NASCAR and the bridge collapse. So it'll be interesting to see what they choose as the, you know, as the big 
the big set piece. Um, but I'm I'm just excited because I actually I love the Final Destination films. Mm. They're so much fun. Same. Um, and I think 11 years is far too long to wait for Final Destination 6. Um, at this stage, it's going to HBO Max. Ooh. I'm secretly hoping it'll get a it'll cinema get release a, cinema a la release. Magic Mike 3, which is now confirmed for cinema. Yay. Um, but yes, Final Destination 6 on its way with what sounds like two very, very creative directors. That's awesome. Amazing. I Thank can't you. wait. I know. I did not know about this. So I'm like, <laughs> yes. Uh, oh my God. I nearly said Pete. Edit. Nick, what have you got for us in the world of games? In the world of games this week. So over the weekend, the Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 open beta opened uh, for the first time allowing Call of Duty players to have cross-play. So PC, PlayStation, Xbox, everyone could play together cross-platform on the beta. Now, unfortunately, there was a fair few mixed reviews uh, for this one so far. There were some controversial decisions that have seemingly been made by the developers of this game that weren't necessarily up to community standards aside from your normal you know people already figuring out how to cheat in it uh there was apparently a lot of performance issues on pc with the game crashing a lot of people were criticizing that uh some of the game types were too fast paced not really you know not feeling like that classic call of duty that we love uh or even like Warzone that people love however there were a lot of things that the community did think they got right uh that the gunplay feels re- really realistic and a lot of that comes down to the sound and the uh modern warfare 2 or infinity ward twitter account i should say released a video of how they recorded audio for the game and it's pretty much just sound guys recording army helicopters taking off with microphones next to giant cannons and guns so they've gone for a really immersive sort of gaming experience there um, but look, it's a mixed reception at the moment. People liking and not liking the new game modes in the multiplayer for the beta, but it is open again this weekend and the game is expected to still drop uh, in October with multiplayer and, of course, a classic campaign. When the Modern Warfare, the first Modern Warfare remaster came out, or not remaster, but remake, I guess, I loved the, the single-player campaign, so I'm hoping at least we get a decent single-player campaign out of Modern Warfare 2. Thanks, Strady. Hey, um, look, you know, <laughs> it's this, it's FIFA, it's a Modern Warfare 2, <sighs> what do you want from me? <laughs> well, at least it wasn't Drake. At least it wasn't Drake. Come on. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, in streaming news, uh, Netflix had their Tudum on Sunday, local time here. Uh, they showed off couple of different trailers for their upcoming projects, including Glass Onion, uh, Knives Out Mystery, The Witcher Season 3, Enola Holmes 2. Gal Gadot has a new movie called Heart of Stone with Jamie Dornan, uh, which they literally just came out and said, we have a movie, we're in it, see you (laughs) next year. And that was it. So thanks for that. Thanks, Gal. Yeah, good times. Uh, the Crown season five is crazily coming out on the 9th of November, mm. which is maybe a little bit too soon after the death of Queen Elizabeth, but we'll, well see. Because they were filming season six when she passed away. So I think hopefully it's not too... I don't know. I love The Crown. I'm excited for it. We'll see what they see what they do. See how they revamp it. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. We got a little bit of a behind-the-scenes look at, given that nobody's talking about Disney's Pinocchio. <laughs> this one might actually stick the landing. Who knows? It could be. Why is that Pinocchio bad? <laughs> I don't know. We never reviewed it on the show, so... (laughs) We definitely didn't. We definitely did not. Um, If you have any plans on Christmas Day night, you better cancel them. Just leave your family's house. No one wants to be there anyway. Because The Witcher's brand new show, Blood Origin, arrives on the 25th of December at about 6pm... Australian Eastern Standard Time. When you spoke of what was coming on Christmas night, I was like, oh, 
the Lindsay Lohan Christmas Netflix movie. Amazing. <laughs> and then it was Witcher and I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, is, is her one going to Netflix? I just assumed it was like a Hallmark movie, but it's like a Netflix one, is it? It's a Netflix movie, mm. yeah. Oh, that's she's, awesome. She's at least better. She's at least made gotten a good enough agent that's getting her an above an, Hallmark Above movie. Hallmark. Yeah. She's getting, she's getting one Netflix. step up. One step up. So, good um, for you, Lilo. <laughs> And if you've been sleeping today, you may have missed HBO released the first full trailer for The Last of Us TV show. Uh, It is also Last of Us Day. Too bad that the games guy didn't know that and talked about a (laughs) Call of Duty game, but we'll let that one slide. Oh, not the games guy. (laughs) The worst. Uh, So you can check that trailer out now um, on YouTube. Just look up the last of us i like weirdly i'm not gonna watch the trailer even though i've played both games so i know at least where the game story goes so nothing can be spoiled for me in that aspect but i'm kind of like i still don't want to watch the trailer so i can be at least somewhat surprised by the show do you feel like it revealed anything big or no okay (laughs) it was literally like (laughs) here's some shots that you played in the game there was uh, one. Yeah. There was a casting though that people weren't aware of. Particular oh. actresses in it that people didn't okay. know about. All right. so that's been revealed. But I know that technically we're in like media journalism, and it's like our responsibility to let people know about this. <laughs> I don't want to know. So like, it probably makes me one of the worst <laughs> media journalists out there. Where I'm like, I'm not going to reveal to you guys anything because I don't want to know anything. Um. So. I mean, there's that. You can edit that out. I don't care. Do whatever you want. Probably will. All right. (laughs) Speaking of things that I feel like editing out, we're up to our first game. Fuck yeah, we are. (laughs) Movie tag. I know Pete's missed this one. Everyone. This is the whole reason I came back by this particular (laughs) date. Because I was like, oh, I've got to have my movie tag. Give me one of them express flights back to Brisbane. i got to play movie tag. Please. And, you know, every week we talk about how much we love this game. And because, you know, it's one of the easiest games where I don't think we've ever made it past the third round. Uh, Alistair got it in the first round last week and in the second round the week before. So let's see how good we go this week. But those- guess, he got it last week because I was he was the only one playing. <laughs> <laughs> True. Well, well, we'll see. Alistair's had two weeks of practice, Pete, so especially with uh, Rotten Potatoes as well. But that's, that's later in the show. No spoilers. Uh, movie tag, for those who have never listened to the show before, boo, uh, but also welcome. But the rules for movie tag, uh, I have chosen a movie based on the theme of the week. And with the theme of the week, it is to celebrate the release of the crime comedy See How They Run. So I've picked Ooh. a murder mystery set of movies. Hmm. For movie tag, I'm going to give the boys the tagline of the film. They have a chance to guess it. If they can't get it, I'll give a piece of trivia. If they can't guess it from that, I'll give a supporting actor. The year it came out, the director, five chances to get the film. A murder mystery, Who Done It? The tagline for this film is Everyone is a Suspect. Knives out. Wrong. Pete, you want to have a guess? Um, everyone is a Suspect. Um... Yes, which is a very, very... Very yeah, specific title um, uh, tagline. Uh, <laughs> One guess. Here we go. Oh, oh. Is it? Uh, is it? Is it Clue? It is not Clue. I'm gonna give the trivia next, and then if you want to <laughs> jump in, I'll stay. You can. Okay. Okay. So, for the first time in 21 years, the director of this film chose to use 65 millimeter cameras to shoot this movie for the first time in 21 years. And he was also the last person to do that, was to shoot 65mm 20 oh, years shit. earlier. I'm going to guess, but what I thought it was, uh, yeah. it may not be. So I'm just no. going to guess, is it LA Confidential? It is not LA Confidential. Fuck. Good guess, great movie. Is it The Usual Suspects? It is not The Usual Suspects. Oh, oh. we're oh. round three. How exciting is this? Now, this not one... exciting, Nick. Well, it's exciting for me. Okay, let me have this. <laughs> one... Of the supporting actors in this film mm-hmm. is Penelope Cruz. What? 
Penelope Cruz. Penelope Cruz. Mm. I feel like you're making this up. Maybe. Has the movie come out yet? <laughs> the movie has come out. Yes. Is it Murder on the Orient Express? It is murder on the Orient Express. That's well done, so Kate. fucking obvious, and we both didn't <laughs> say it. The 2017 film directed oh. by Kenneth Branagh, Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah, I was going to be mean it. and choose the original, but I figured, you know, why not? And you know I what? To, I re- and I also had to really think that I was like, I'm pretty. I was like, she's in that, right? Like, she is, but not obviously, yeah. but like, she's not a big role. Like, she's not a big role at all. Away. So, but she's also second build, which is kind of hectic. So, but I also um, think I think it's alphabetical for that one. Ah, uh, that would make sense. That would make I think sense. That's why she? Um, I rewatched it before Death on the Nile came out, and it's good. I know it got like middling reviews, but I really enjoyed it. Again, like having already seen it before that, I thought it was quite good, and I liked Death on the Nile. What do you Death guys think? Nile, Death on the Nile is just like a just horny camp. Oh, that is a horny movie. It Whereas I think is, Murder I mean, on the Orient Express feels a bit more like polished in comparison. Yeah. All right. Well, congratulations, Pete. Thanks. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome back. back. <laughs> All right. Let's move you on. Guys give that one to me. No. Shh, no don't no. tell him, Nick. Don't tell him. Don't be mean. <laughs> no. Alice is stupid. He didn't. <laughs> I thought it would be too obvious. Like, there's yeah. no way he would pick Murderer or Death on the Nile. But we need to also go, it's Nick. We've got... Yeah. That's <laughs> a giveaway. And then I just remembered, it's Nick. He would have done Google search. <laughs> if you look at my history, it'll be good murder mystery movies. <laughs> God damn it. All right, let's talk about another thing. <laughs> Speaking of mysteries, there is a movie coming out next week uh, here in Australia uh, called Don't Worry, Darling. Now, we all saw it last night, correct? Mm. Uh, it is Olivia Wilde's uh, directorial follow-up to Booksmart. <sighs> Which is great, by the way. Booksmart. Oh, amazing. Movie. Yeah. One of the, yeah. So one good. Of the best movies of that year and one of the best teen movies of the last, I'm going to say like 20 years, really. Yeah, I think it's fair. Agreed. So let's start with Nick. What did you think of this movie? I think it was tough not to go into it without like the preconceived notions of all the drama outside of the film. <laughs> Then, like, I'm just looking right now, it's 38% critics on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, it's hard to go into it and be like, I, I, and I know, and this was like conversations I had with like Pete and other reviewers who were at our screening last night. I was like, I had lowered my expectations a little bit. And I walked out and I was like, Florence Pugh, incredible. Chris Pine, really great. Olivia Wilde, uh, visually as a director, phenomenal. The script is really what lets this movie down. And it's far too long, it's 20 minutes too long. And there is so much build up for a reveal. And saying there's a reveal is not really a spoiler, I guess, because in the in the trailers, um, you get the idea that something's wrong in this 1950s paradise called Victory, right? The reveal is not worthy of its build up. So I walked out going, there was lots that I liked. There was enough that I didn't like for me to be like, this is a very just middle of the ground, fine thriller. Like, this is something I probably won't watch again, but I didn't hate it 38% on Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> style. So, yeah. Pete, if you were to give it a score out of five, what would you give it? Um, I'm probably leaning, like, like, a three because I... Yeah, like... I'm watching the trailer. I was very, very excited. And then obviously as the more and more things that were revealed about it, just uh, away from all of the fuckery that is the (laughs) Spitgate you versus wild and was Shia Buff fired or or all of that sort of shit. Like I, I actually don't like that holds no grounds as to how I feel about the film. Um, But yeah, I think Florence Pugh can, is incredible like she can honest like act her way out of anything because the script is the one of the film's biggest um culprits and harry styles is pretty average like he's not this this isn't 
this doesn't really show him in a great light in terms of his performance. Like there are occasional moments where mm. he's good, but overall I was like, it definitely needed a stronger performer to match Florence Pugh because she is so good. Um, and then the scenes with Chris Pine, like the dinner, there's a dinner scene between Florence Pugh and Chris Pine. That oh honestly, God, I was like, yeah. that, that whole scene, I was like, that's what this whole movie should, should have just been yeah. because they, they just play off each other so well and as nick said like there is a reveal and by the time we get to florence Pugh and chris pine it's pretty obvious that you know there's a bit of a clue in as to sort of what's going on um i also went into the film having thought of what a potential twist was um and then when it was partly what i thought i was like okay so that was a bit of a letdown um but yeah, I think Olivia Wilde's a good director. I don't. Th- I th- I hope that this doesn't like ruin her in terms of all of the stuff that's been said. Um, but like visually, it's fucking beautiful. Mm. Um, and I yeah, I think she's a really competent director. It's just the script that was the problem, and she's got like she didn't write the script. Um, no. So I think yeah, I but. It is, there's been a lot of hype for a movie that is just kind of like, okay. But yeah, yeah it's, I, I but I didn't hate it, um, but I can see why people did. Uh, but at the same time, I think, I think you should go and watch it for yourself to determine, you know, whether you like it or not. But um, yeah, I just think there's, it's, it's definitely, all of this controversy has helped it though. That's for sure. I think a lot like... The critic and audience score, if you look on Rotten Tomatoes, is, like, wildly different. Yeah, Um, for sure. um, And the fact that it opened at number one at the box office in America on the weekend, kind of, it's one of those movies where it's, like, critics don't like it, but general audiences uh, have a bit of an opposite opinion. Mm. Um, And I can kind of see where that comes in here. Like, it is as we've all said, like, beautiful to look at. It's, like, the colour palette is just incredible. Mm. Um, And I do kind of want to watch it again just to kind of look at the different things that I missed because I was so just like, ooh, ah, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, Florence Pugh can do no wrong. Oh, she's so When everyone talks about, you know, the death of the movie star, there's a point in this movie where she's sitting in this huge ballroom they're having um a birthday um celebration for chris pine's character and harry styles is dancing awkwardly on stage because that's what he does uh and there's just these long shots of of florence Pugh's character sitting in this chair draped in this gorgeous dress crying and it's just like that is that's the old movie star look. Yeah. They're not dead. Florence is here. For yes. someone, You're fine. For someone who is in real life as sprightly, chirpy and happy as Florence Pugh, she does distressed so well on yeah. camera. Like this Midsommar, like she does a just completely emotionally ripped apart human being so goddamn well. It would be really nice to see her in something like, I guess fighting with my family is probably like the closest we've gotten to like a little bit of, you know, levity, but it would be really great to see her in like a full, like full comedy because almost like a book smart sort of thing. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Cause originally it was funny. Like originally, um, Olivia Wilde was going to play the lead role mm. and Florence Pugh was going to be Bunny, so Olivia Wilde's oh. character, which I kind of would have loved to have seen because yeah. Olivia Wilde gets all of, like, the funny lines and all of, like, you know, like, the sort of... She's, like, the drunk sort of bitch. And I think Florence Pugh could have had a lot of fun with that. But at the same time, I think Florence Pugh, like, it works for her being the lead. And, um, like, yeah. nothing... Obviously, yeah. this isn't, like, a call out against Olivia Wilde but like they are like a younger newlywed couple like I look at these guys I'm like oh you are like fresh young 20s just married like that makes and it kind of makes more sense for the story even before reveals and stuff like where the where how this movie sets its world up that 
I would rather see the movie through the eyes of these two rather than maybe a couple in their mid-30s like you're the Nick Kroll character or the Olivia yeah. Wilde character. Yeah, well, the, Olivia Wilde did say that when, you know, when things were getting retooled, she's like, she wanted the younger, the couple to be right. younger. Yeah. So that's why she it, changed. It feels it makes sense, right? And, yeah. And yeah, it made sense. But I will admit, like, some of the things that Olivia Wilde got to say and do as her character were <laughs> hilarious. Like the way she used the two little kids away. <laughs> little kids away. I was like, oh, like she, I, you know, and like, I don't think she, like, I think she's a good actress. I think she's a good director. It's, it is a shame that so much has been, has been yeah. overshadowed by like, you know, the affair and whether or not Florence Pugh and her hate each other and all this sort of stuff. But yeah, but also finally the cast, uh, all like 40 members of the crew have come out and signed a document where they were just like, we're sick of everyone talking about, how unprofessional everything was and 40 crew members have been like this is one of the most harmonious sets we ever worked on yeah um so it's hard to know what's what's you know it's kind of crazy with all this as well because like florence has come out and said nothing you know what i mean like she hasn't she's never stated it was bad on set you know what i mean like and i'm not saying that's the case or not but Mm. i feel like as well it's it's almost like the bodies, bodies, bodies thing where it's like we've been given one little nugget of information, i.e. a dead body has shown up and then we've run with it and made it into a mountain. We've made the mountain out of the molehills. So, like, we don't know how much of this is true. Yeah, because yeah. all, all we saw was Florence Pugh put up the poster for Oppenheimer and did nothing about the trailer for Don't Worry Darling and Florence Pugh isn't doing any press. Florence Pugh's not standing next to Olivia Wilde Florence Pugh's not hugging Olivia. Like, we're looking at that. And yes, okay, it does look a little bit suspicious. Yes. But at the same time, you know, Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde weren't standing next to each other and they're still together. Um, There was video footage of Florence Pugh and Olivia Wilde looking at each other and, like, noting each other and clapping at each other in the the four-minute standing ovation. So it's like, you know, and... Florence posted a picture of them... Yeah, on ins- you know what I mean. And so like, it's like maybe she was more contractually obligated to write about Oppenheimer than she was. Don't worry, darling. Like you know, we don't know. Um, but my God, it's made for <laughs> a lot of fun, and it's worked because the film opened at number one. Which who knows if it would have if people weren't talking about it as much. Yeah, and look, I th- I kind of had that in the back of my mind when the movie started, and I forgot all about the drama about half yeah. an hour in. Yeah, because yeah, um, it does suck you in. It's like my main issue is the ending, the reveal, and yeah. thirty minutes way too long. Agree. Yeah. It's, um, it's de- you feel that length, especially in the middle, because without giving too much away, weird shit starts happening to Florence Pugh, right? Like really, yeah. sort of like hallucinogenic style shit. Yeah. And there was a point where we were watching it, and I was like, okay. I get it now. Like I, I get what the movie's trying to tell me about this. I understand that she is experiencing weird things. And then we get with no real advancement of the story, 30 more minutes of that. And I was like, okay, I get it. Okay. okay. And I was on board like, cause I wanted to know what the reveal was. The movie did a good enough job at being mysterious that I wanted to know what the reveal was, whether it was going to be good or bad. You know what I mean? Like the, that part mm. of the movie did well. Yeah. But I was like, okay, let's, let's go to it now. Like, we're ready to look. Okay, we're still watching. Okay, now we're ready to go. Oh, we're still watching weird shit. Mm. And there's a lot of weird shit. Again, no spoilers. That doesn't really get explained. Mm-hmm. Like there is a the lot plane. in this. Well, <laughs> the plane, the some of the stuff we see in her hallucinations, like, are not really explained that much. Visually great. There's some mm. vi- like some of the stuff she sees. I was like, oh, that's very cool. But I was like. Are you just doing this for the sake of being weird? There's there's one particular thing that happens. I, we'll talk about this like <laughs> when we're not recording. Oh, fair. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's one thing that happens that I um, just want to ask and like make a comment mm. about because once I thought of this, it made me laugh. So <laughs> regarding certain reveals, yes, yeah. That's the most ambiguous fucking sentence. Wow. Even I don't know what you're talking about, and I've seen the movie. Whoa. Um, Can I jump in and just be like, I know Pete briefly mentioned Harry Styles, and I will admit, probably for about 50 to 60% of this movie, he's not great. But there are two moments, and they are in the later bit of the film, so I can't really say too much, Mm. where I was like, oh, you're actually pretty good here. 
I was like, that's actually not bad. Look, like, I will say crying in the car. Crying in the car, great. That was like, oh, really? The argument scene. No. That's, nah, I think for me, that was when he was no, no good. When he was playing oh. the ideal husband at home, perfect. That oh, suited no. him okay. perfectly. Oh, okay. oh, no. yeah, no, and I those screams in the car caused laughter in my cinema. Really? All oh. around the cinema, everyone oh, was laughing. Our cinemas were polar opposites. It was bad. Yeah. No, I found I found him when he was the husband. Yeah. I was like, this is just it. Just I was like, none where are you from? Seemed, none of it. Yeah, his accent. <laughs> like it wasn't. It wasn't until someone was like, "You're a Brit," that I was like, "Oh, he's meant to be British." Okay, <laughs> because he had like British inflections, but then every now and then it'd be like, "Are you trying to it be would American?" Slip are into- you a- are yeah. you Australian? Like it was, you know. But you know, so, all, yeah, that's interesting. All of the little Harry Styles fangirls will rush out. Well, obviously they did. They rushed out and saw it, and were probably, you know, maybe tr- slightly probably traumatized. I, I just don't I said, think he was as bad as people made him out to be. I also can't wait for all of Harry Styles' female fans to see my policeman <laughs> and be like, "What's Harry doing?" <laughs> <laughs> I hope they talk just like that. Yeah. Um, another part of the movie that really stuck out to me was the score. Oh um, yeah. A lot of people thought. Well, when I say a lot of people, a lot of people in my circle thought it was a little bit on the nose to have like a woman running away with women going ah, 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 in the background. I thought it was genius. I would also say, and this isn't like a, a clap back at like the people who thought it was on the nose. There's the score. This whole movie's on the nose. There is nothing really deep oh, under the surface thematically yeah. in this movie. Yeah. When like, you, I, it it wants you to think nose. that, but it's... When yeah. the twist happens, you're like, oh, okay. And- Again, right. I get I commentary. Like, yeah, this is the fifth time I said it. I was like not giving away, but like I know. And Olivia Wilde was coming out, but I was like, this is a movie that that does want to focus on female empowerment. But then when the reveal happens, you're like, oh, that's what you're trying to get across with this movie. Yeah, because it's were- not like I know. Yeah. I sh- like as a fucking straight white dude, I get like that. I you know don't really have a, a dog in this fight, but I kind of I walked away and I was like. Okay, if that's what the movie's about, I don't think that was what your story was putting across at the end. You know what I mean? Like, especially especially the reveal. I was I, like, and it's a gross reveal, I guess. Yeah. Sense. I, it's a bit icky. I think if the reveal happened halfway through the movie, I, yes, and then I agree. there was more explanation and story, it could have communicated that message effectively absolutely thought that yeah yeah instead it was like oh okay no worries um yeah but and and another thing we kind of glossed over chris pine is fucking menacing in this movie creepy menacing gives his monologues are great but he is his most threatening when he's not talking yeah there is just two scenes when he's when he's in the bedroom at his house early, early in oh, the movie. Oh, when, with, yeah. when, like, yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. And my favorite line of his, and this will be an out of context, but you guys will get it, is when he just looks at someone and goes, you really disappoint me. Oh, and when he so said that, good. I was like, oh my God. I was like that. And like Pete said, that's what we wanted the movie to be. Yeah. So I he, think like, there's great things in this movie. Also just as good was Gemma Chan who played his oh, wife. Oh yeah. yeah. The, I was back the dinner, the dinner oh. scene, the first scene, of all, like everyone yeah. was just like, whoa. Like, yeah. And, um, yeah. perfect. and also without saying anything, obviously like one of her final mm-hmm. moments, um, yep. that was, yep. that was yep. a surprise. And then it was like, that definitely offered one of like the, I definitely, let out like a oh, oh like noise. Oh yeah. Oh, I, the same. Yeah. It was yeah. a good, good surprise, and yeah, she was fantastic. And like, and then you see things like that, and you're just like, oh, like this does have yeah. so much potential. And then you just yeah. go and mm-hmm. and you look at it and just go, yeah, Olivia Watt, like you are a fucking good director. Yeah. And I really hope that she gets a chance to like do something else will. i think she wants i was like and you know what towards the end i was like give her an action movie i would really like to see what she does with it oh i wouldn't oh, agree shot- with that that car chase was straight out of looney tunes oh but oh, more so yeah, the cr- the i mean crashes. more so 
I mean, more so like that, you know, when it was the chasing, showing the Florence Pugh chase. running, like running up the hill and like the way that it burned, like that sort of thing. The like, shot yeah, that reveals was, yeah. the shot that goes around the mountain and you yeah. see what's chasing a character, I guess we can say. Yeah. yeah. That was creepy. I know what you mean about the car crash. The car crash yeah. itself looked like it was shot by the second unit. Like, I know what you mean. Yeah. But yeah, like yeah, yeah. the music and the tension and everything else around just that, the actual car crash alone, I thought, I agree with Pete. I actually thought it was really, really good and yeah. really tense. Like, I'd like to see what she can do with the genre, given that she has like, you know, she took a, the teen comedy genre and sort of did something different with Booksmart. And then she took, this sort of utopian thriller and sort of made it a little bit different. Mm. Like it would just be interesting to see what she does because I think she's got a good, just, you know, she's got a, she's got a good eye. I just looked it up. It's the same screenwriter as book smart. Don't worry, darling. There you go. It's a bit upsetting. Wow. But I also, I also feel like this was, this could have been one of those ones that had like, it started off for something and then. And it's also, this is half Warner brothers. And half Warner Brothers Discovery. Yeah. So oh, we don't man. know how Frankenstein the script is. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. And what was done because they've said they interfered with Don't Worry Darling, Black Adam, and a few other films that are coming out next year. So we don't know, you know, yeah. what it originally was because or something was tells meant me to be. What it was originally might have been what attracted Shire. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. So that is Don't Worry Darling. It is out in Australian cinemas next Thursday. Uh, and yeah, come back, give us a comment, let us know what you thought. And we'll, of course, be following along on the Australian box office to see how it goes here. Mm-hmm. Speaking of box office. Oh, segue. <laughs> Pete, what happened? Well, everybody in Australia wants to go to paradise because Ticket to Paradise stayed at number one um, for the second week. And this week it took $2.87 million. That's Um, really surprising. Not a bad little haul. Um, So it's made $7.78 million in its two weeks of release. Wow. Shit. Um, DC League of Super Pets stayed put at number two. So it's been beaten by Ticket to Paradise both weeks in release. Um, but it's doing, it's doing well. So it made 2.66 million over the weekend for a total Mm. of 7.87 million in two weeks. So yep, school holidays have definitely helped that one out. And the little movie that could, um, Fucking the re-release of Avatar uh, debuted at number three with $1.39 million, which 70% of that was 3D. So, wow, the craze that we all killed is apparently back in full swing. I think it's different. It's a different kind of 3D, though. Yeah, it's a different 3D. Yeah, for sure. Um, And... Massive, massive surprise, and I'm kind of happy that um, everybody turned out. Debuting at number four is Fall. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So it made $754,000 um, on it's, its opening bad. weekend. I mean, it's pretty good for a little thriller that hasn't had a lot of, you know, hasn't had a lot of promotion. Yeah. Um, it's sort of and, just come out in cinemas. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so rounding out the top five was Pause of Fury. Uh, has any, has any of us seen it? <laughs> no. Top Gun Maverick at number seven, still hanging in there. Wow, uh, Orphan First Kill is number eight. <laughs> Moon Age Daydream. Uh, oh, the David what a Boyd, plummet. Which, uh, so sad. Is that number nine? And After Ever Happy closes out at yes. number ten. So yes. And that's on so, Netflix next week. Um, what? Pri- yeah, Prime. Yeah. Um, Amazon Prime, I think. Holy shit! Ah, net, ma- must be Netflix US. Yeah, but yeah. in 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 Australia, um, after Ever Happy and Bodies, Bodies, Bodies are both going to be available on Amazon Prime to rent. Nice. So there you go. Oh, um, yeah, so so Australians love <laughs> their love their George and love their Julia for a very yep. um, 
very i'm sorry it's an average comedy it's nothing special but um i think people easy just, watching they filled us up with champagne so i loved it um <laughs> and it's funny I, we, we were talking about you know florence Pugh being um one of the sort of a new breed of movie star i mean george and like they are they are movie stars to the core like do they star whole... in movies <laughs> oh, I, feel like I was movies. waiting for someone to do that <laughs> the thing that i love about this movie is that it's a movie and you're like thank you harry styles <laughs> the thing i love about george clooney is, is that, that he's george, george clooney <laughs> there's no segue from that so <laughs> let's... speaking of speaking of eat now Spe- <laughs> uh no uh, no you can eat potatoes <laughs> <laughs> wow let's go into the streaming charts now uh so this is for the week of august 22nd to 28th now this is the first week uh that house of the dragon is part of the charts. What D? Uh, and <laughs> oh my god, I've never heard someone yeah, say it like that. Literally the initial. Oh, love it. <laughs> um, so it's not actually counted as a HBO Max original. It's counted oh. as a acquired. Okay. So keep that in mind. So coming in at number one is Echoes on Netflix. Uh, one million minutes just over 1 million minutes of viewing crazy what, what was echoes <laughs> i do not know <laughs> um, someone loved it though i know that it came out <laughs> and, and at least happened. i was gonna say a million people watched it and at least a million minutes was watched uh coming in at number two was the movie me time from kevin hart and mark Wahlberg. <laughs> i don't know if anyone watched that um i so when I was in, um, when I was in, uh, San Francisco, my brother and his girlfriend were watching it and I saw bits and pieces and I was like, this is dog shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I, look, I'm oh, so, so angry at everybody that watched that voluntarily. Mm, so. 971,000 minutes. Of well, at least it didn't crack. Oh, couldn't, even, couldn't even crack a million. No. Good job. Speaking of, Game of Thrones shot up to number three on HBO Max. Obviously, people were re-watching. Uh, and House, up on all that incest. House of the D uh, debuted at number six Ooh, with only 741 million minutes. But that's on streaming alone. That's just on HBO Max. It doesn't count HBO. Because Um, it was HBO's biggest launch of all time, if I recall correctly as well. Like just the channel HBO, I think it was their biggest launch ever. So they say. So they say. Um, So we will say it for the next one. We've all heard that. Interesting to see what happens (laughs) next week when Lord of the Rings enters the Fae, because that will go into the charts, not as that'll tell us the whole picture. Mm, that'll be interesting uh so over on netflix for last week uh the the top film was the matrix resurrections Hmm. which i'm guessing probably because no one went to the movies to see it they waited for netflix so you know what else they waited for they waited to watch it on a plane because i saw a lot of people watching it on the little tv screens really that's jurassic world dominion and top gun maverick i saw so many screens watching that so okay there's firstly (laughs) you're watching top gun maverick on the smallest screen next to your phone Mm. right and you're also watching it on a plane which automatically makes you a flight risk because you'll go this seems pretty fun Let's see what the pilots have. They had, a, they had a better idea than I did, though, because I was like, I'm not going to watch Maverick, Top Gun Maverick on this screen. No. So I, so I watched fucking Father Stew. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. That must have been a long flight. The religious uh, that, drama that, of the year. And then, I, that, and then I binged the second season of Flight Attendant and I started all of Hacks. So I'm like, okay. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Do Revenge uh, was number one last week That went down to number two Pete, if you haven't watched it yet You need to watch it Yes, I I feel like it was made for me It's so good Yeah Uh, Jumping over to series now Cobra Kai season five Standing strong at number one Uh, And not much really else exciting to talk about 
in the top five. Heartbreak High entered the fray at number eight. Um, must be sad. So we'll see. Well, it was number one last week, so it's just had a little drop off, I guess. Hey, big a drop. little drop off. A big drop off. <laughs> yeah, that Sorry. is Nicholas. It's like, oh, Nazi Sorry. Germany was just a little aggressive. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Touche. <laughs> um, and that is the streaming report. So, which brings us to the anxiety-ridden game of Rotten Potatoes. Take it away, Nick. Yes, you're right, Alistair. Everyone's favourite reason to get a Xanax prescription, Rotten Potatoes. (laughs) Second reason. (laughs) Sorry, yes. Sorry, I forgot. That is number one. Anyway, sorry. Um, You can edit that out. I don't know if that incriminates me in any way. Uh, (laughs) Pete knows. Um, So... (laughs) Rotten potatoes. I ain't saying shit. <laughs> this is getting streamed to the FBI right now. Um, what are we doing? We're playing rotten potatoes. So, <laughs> no, nah, it'll just everyone's... be part of the Optus hack. We're okay. Yeah, yeah that's... <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, uh, we're back for another week. Alistair, you've had two weeks of practice to beat Pete, uh, and Pete, you've taken two weeks off. To maybe beat Alistair, I don't know. We'll see what happens at the end of this game. But yeah, what, that's why I that time. made no sense. But and anyway, you know what? Just what, like the game, continue. Out of, and many things that I do, what does make that's sense. like the that's literally the equivalent equivalent of I like it a movie because it's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I like rotten potatoes because they like rotten potatoes. Rotten potatoes. <laughs> The scene where he's trying to mash potatoes in Don't Worry Darling. Oh, that hurt my brain so much. It was was kind of cute. Kind of cute, but not as much as your brain's going to hurt once we start playing Rotten Potatoes, where I grab three movies based on this week's theme. This week's theme being with See How They Run come out or coming out. uh, Murder mystery movies. And Mm. I've picked three, you know, maybe iconic Murder mystery, detective mystery movies. I pulled the Rotten Tomato scores, both critic and audience. Alistair and Pete will have a guess at what they think the critic score is, what they think the audience score is. If they're within a 3% barrier on either side, they get a point. If you get it dead on, you get two points. And this week, we're playing for prizes. Now, you may be asking what the prizes are. And a good yes. host would have had them prepared. <laughs> um, but that's why Alistair hosts this show and I run the game segment uh so prizes i will let the winner choose something they want within monetary value uh of a reasonable amount or you can double or nothing next week how about that deal let's choose the second option um (laughs) the first murder mystery movie that we will be guessing the rotten tomatoes critics score of is the 1995 mystery thriller seven from David Ooh. Fincher, starring Morgan Freeman oh. and Brad Pitt. Alistair, what do we think the critic score for Seven is? I'm going to go 85. And Pete? Um, that was kind of around what I was going to say. So I'm going to say... I'm going to say 80. 80. 80. 80, 80. <laughs> 80, 80. My favourite number. Lock it in. Yeah. And 80. audience score, Alistair? Um, let's go 95. And 85, 80. 95. Yeah, let's do that. Um, 98. Alrighty. So, Alistair, you said 85. Pete, you said 84. The critic score... Both of you have scored a point. It is 82%. You're Ooh. just within the 3% barrier. One point each there. Nice. Alistair, you said 95 for audience. Pete, you said 98. Hmm. Pete, you get hmm. a point. Okay. Because you were within the 3%. Oh, well, that... Can Which you means stop pausing? Score... It's really frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> Which means if Pete's within the 3%. That means Alistair got it. Alistair got it dead on. 95%. Two points. Round one. Pete, two points. Alistair, three for that one there. Uh, You know what? I get why the 
critic score is low on that because in 1995, it's a pretty fucked up movie. Uh, <laughs> and in 2022, with Kevin Spacey's The Killer, still fucked up. Uh, moving <laughs> on, uh, as I said, murder mystery movies that have you know had a pretty big impact on the genre. So we're going with 2019's Knives Out, which one Mr. Ooh. Peter Gray has maybe seen the sequel of already, while us chumps have to wait till December. Um <laughs> Oh, yeah, I don't, you don't have to say maybe. I've a hundred percent seen the new one. Yes, you son of a bitch. Uh, and for that, you can go first now. What do you think the critics score for Knives Out? Um, is? I know that this one was this one was really really well received. So I'm gonna say I'm going to say ninety eight percent. And Alistair. I'm going to say 97, because I was going to say 98. And audience score, Pete. Oh. Um, audience score. I feel like uh, I'm going to say 85. And Alistair? I'm going to go wild and say 97 for both. Ooh, a, a double, a juices. A juicing rotting potato. Yuck. Um, Ew, yeah. Ew, disgusting. The critics score, Pete, you said 98. Alistair, you said 97. Mm -hmm. The critics score for Knives Out is 97. Alistair, you got two points again. And Pete, one point there for being within the 3% barrier. Alistair's on the doubles on tonight. You uh, shouldn't have taken my score. I don't trust this. (laughs) <laughs> what, what do you mean, Pete? I would never fabricate a Do game we show. actually check these after we play, <laughs> Pete? I have the... Like, do you, you can look them up if you want. Oh, it's more... I'm not saying I don't trust Nick. I'm just being like... I Pete's, just... Pete's there adding in reviews right now. <laughs> yeah. score. Bring the percentage down. <laughs> He's calling all his rock friends. <laughs> we need to fuck this game up. Um, speaking of fucking this game up... Um, Neither of you have got a point for the oh. audience score. Oh. It was 92%. Oh. Uh, Pete, you said 85. I was there. You said 97. Uh, oh, I thought audiences loved this. Well, they did. It's 92%. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, you know what audiences are like. Audiences are like people who love our third movie in our <laughs> murder mystery theme for the week. And it is the aptly titled, also 2019 release, Murder Mystery with Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston. You're joking. Are you serious? I completely forgot that movie. (laughs) I thought I'd throw a good fun one in there that everyone loves. So, Alistair, we'll start with you as Mm -hmm. you are currently in the lead five points to three. What do you think the critics score for the murder mystery murder mystery is? It would have been low, so I'm going to say 40%. And Pete? I'm going to say, yeah, um, I don't, yeah, I don't see this one being a freshie. I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm going to say 44. All right. And uh, audience score, Alistair. Look, it's getting a sequel. It's very it popular is, yeah. with audiences. So I'm going to say 92. Ooh. That's not indicative of what it is. I just, I was like, wow, good guess. Uh, Pete? Yeah, part of me is like, because Adam Sandler just, he just, people seem to love him and I don't know why. Um, <laughs> I know why. I mean, not, He's not right. him, just his, his moves, like his movies, his Netflix <laughs> movies are terrible. Why do you hate Adam Sandler, Pete? Bad. What if um, he listens to the show? Well, his career's failing then, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Wait, what's um, that about me? I'm going to say... You know what? Nah, fuck it. 40%. I don't think people like this. All right. Well, there's a big discrepancy there, so let's start with the audience score. Alice, you said 92. Pete, you said 40. And yeah. you're right. This movie sucks. But people do love Adam Sandler and people love him so much that they gave the score to Murder Mystery on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, they didn't because only a thousand people rated it uh, and 
it was at forty three percent. So Pete, oh. you've got a tick. Alistair. Wow, you the way that you read that, I was like, it's gonna be fucking ninety eight percent or something. It's the bait and switch, baby. I'm so oh. good at this game. This I feel like when people say like, hey, this part of the show is really anxiety inducing, I think they're worried about you guys more than anything <laughs> and the the hell that I put you through. Now for the first time ever, we have a draw. Because, Pete, you guessed it dead on, 44% for the critic score. But, Alistair, you guessed 40, which means you're just outside the 3% barrier. Boo. Which means Pete (laughs) has caught up and you guys are five apiece. (laughs) We are at five apiece. So, our tiebreaker game is going to be... <laughs> I mean, do tell us, Nicholas. No, I've got a game set up, and it's a fun little tiebreaker. We spoke about Death on the Nile earlier, yeah. uh, being the sequel to Murder on the Orient Express. Mm-hmm. I want you to guess what you think the critics and the audience score is. I want you to add that number up in your head, and I want you to give me the total number. And whoever's oh. got the total for, number closest for so what movie? To, for Death on the Nile. Okay, all right. Death or not, I want you to think of what you think the critic score is, what you think the audience score is, add the total together. I have the total here, and whoever's closest wins the game. This is our tiebreaker. Death on the Nile. I'm going to give you about 30 seconds, because I think 30 seconds of dead air is perfect for this sort of game. I can give you 15. Okay, I'm ready. (laughs) All right, Pete, when Uh, you have a number, let me know. Yes. Okay, Alistair, what is your number? 136. And Pete, what is your number? 140. Death on the Nile. 2022, directed by Kenneth Branagh, starring Gal Gadot and Army Hammer. Why? Out of all all the people to choose. Like, oh, sorry. Nile, there's so many more people in that car. Mummy Hammer, Russell Brand, and Letitia Wright. <laughs> Let- Letitia Wright. Uh... <laughs> More like Letitia wrong. Oh, boo. Uh, has a critic score of 62%. Oh, and that's an audience higher than I thought. Score... Yeah, I thought people liked it. And an audience score of 82%. Oh. Bringing the total to 144 and the closest at 140 being Pete. Pete is the winner of this week's Rotten Potatoes. So, Pete, the question is, do you want a prize this week? Or do you want to try and jeopardy it and double up for next week and get a better nah, prize? I want, it, I want it this week. All right. Uh, what do you want? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't prepared a prize, Pete. Yeah, so it's like... Am? Exactly. So I'm like, like, I guess maybe some Cadbury chocolate. No, you know what? The next, <laughs> the next, yeah. the yep. next screen, the next screening we're at, you can yep. just buy, you can just buy me a large drink. Aww. Well, there we go. Peter's the winner of a large drink of his choice. <laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> Alistair. Next week, you also have the chance to win a large drink of your choice. Um, I'll just call a cinema in Melbourne and have them organise that for you. <laughs> I'm sure you will. Uh, That's rotten potatoes. No, Alistair can yeah. bank it for, for Biff. True. Yes, but you got to win yeah. though. True. <laughs> well, only, only matters if you win. <laughs> oh, uh, gloves will be Games off. on the internet. <laughs> That's why we have editing and we don't do this live. <laughs> All right, so let's wrap things up with my favorite bit of the podcast. What is essential in your pop culture this week? Now, Pete, we haven't heard from you for a while, so you can start us off. Um, what is essential? Well, um, this one, like, this one's just going to the fact that, so I, in being at uh, TIFF, um, really made me see how respectful um, audiences can be. And it just got me thinking when it comes to film festivals, um, especially in Australia, I don't think we appreciate enough um, the volunteers that we have. 
Um, and with Biff coming up, I, I basically just want to sort of implore like the people that are there, like ripping your tickets and giving you the times and telling you where certain things are and running the show. Like those people, the volunteers, like they're giving up their time. They're not getting paid. Um, so my, I guess essential this week is just those people, let's just appreciate them. Let's just like, thank them. Let's be nice to them. Um, because they're, they're doing a job, like they are helping us in ways that I think a lot of audiences just take for granted. Um, and I just, yeah, I, when we see ads for volunteers, like let's bloody applaud them. I think, um, yeah, I just, I just want to be, let's just be nicer to the cinema, cinema staff in general. Um, but when it comes to festivals, like the volunteers are like the backbone of why a lot of these things work. So that's, I just want that to be out there in the world to appreciate the people that are helping us. That's lovely. Amazing. Well said. Absolutely. 100%. I almost believed you had a heart there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't fall it, for his tricks. It, it, it's buried in there somewhere. <laughs> Speaking of tricks, Nick, what's essential for you this week? <laughs> now, in what way do you mean tricks? Um, my essential... Is there a Nick? <laughs> yep, that's what I was waiting for. And he's back. <laughs> um, Ah, you thought I had a heart. My pop culture essential for this week uh, was a little trip down memory lane. Uh, With the release of Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, I watched the first two episodes and I was lucky enough to see it in a cinema. And when I was watching it, I went, my God, I miss Lord of the Rings. And I hadn't watched it in so long. So I went back and rewatched the extended editions of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And it was just such a fun, heartwarming, adventurous time. Those movies hold up so well, but I think as well, they obviously tap into, you know, I was, sorry guys, I was like seven, eight years old when they came out. Sweet Jesus. Oh, so, (laughs) and so watching them, them where's my walking frame? When I was watching them at that age, I was like so enamored by the Wonderman, and it's it's incredible that 15 years later I can still be, or 20 years later now, sorry, I can still be uh, absolutely in wonderment of a film that is just not just incredibly like visually amazing and and exciting with all its battle scenes, but something that's like a truly heartwarming story about friendship and the lengths that we go to to help the people who who care about us which i know not a lot of people think about when they watch lord of the rings but i had quite an emotional journey watching these three movies was it like the six or seven margaritas i had probably but uh i'm not gonna say that was a bad feeling to have watching these movies so my pop culture essentially this week is the lord of the rings trilogy but for wholehearted nostalgic reasons and margaritas and mainly the margaritas. <laughs> mainly the margaritas, mainly. which I, I had a shot glass that I didn't realize was a double shot. So I was pouring, I was making double shot margaritas, which were actually quadruple shot margaritas. Ooh, um, and when nice. we took a sip, we were like, oh, we were like, man, this, this is some good tequila. It just turned out it was double <laughs> the amount. Nice. Which is probably why I was crying in Return of the King a lot more than I usually do. <laughs> just help him, Sam. You can leave that in. I don't care. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Alistair, tell us what is essential in pop culture for you this week. Well, look, I found a little reality show on Disney Plus uh, called Best in Dough. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. That's I've incredible. heard of this. This is the, pe- this is the it's pizza. It's a pizza making competition. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty much like, like cupcake wars, but with pizza. Uh, so the first episode is three nonnas from Italy having (laughs) to bring their best and make the best pizza that they can. It's hilarious. It's really funny. The hosts are great. I've never heard of any of them because come on, who's heard of a pizza chef? No one. Um, but the show (laughs) is such a great format. It's very funny. And it will make you very, very, very hungry. 
Um, so that is best in tow. The first three eps are on <laughs> Disney+. Plus. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of another show. Thanks, you two, for coming back. That's okay. You're very Thanks welcome. Having Especially Pete. Not so Aww. much Nick after those games. That's yeah. all right. Uh, where can everyone follow you? Nick, uh, you go first. On- Thanks, Pete. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at NickSlicksFix for my 60-second reviews. You can head to NovaStreamNetwork.com for my reviews and interviews and upcoming coverage of the Brisbane International Film Festival, which there will be plenty of articles on there. And the monthly movie marathon podcast with one Mr. Peter Gray. Where can we find you, sir? They can find me on Twitter and Instagram at RatedPDG. My reviews and interviews go up on the AU Review, which is the aureview.com. Um, my TIFF coverage is there. My BIF coverage will be up there um, soon. have some interviews coming up. Um, and obviously, yes, you can hear my velvety tones alongside Nick <laughs> on the monthly movie marathon, which um, I'm very excited for the next um, What's the next episode of that one? <laughs> because we're going to talk about Mr. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who is my husband. He just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> secret husbands. We all yeah. love them. Um, and how about you? Secret husbands, Alistair? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That is what brilliant. a segue. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Alistair, and you can catch my reviews over at NovaTreeNetwork.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. We will be back next week with another episode.